Welcome people back to the Creek cast nearing the end of the season but we're ending strong we have another very special guest that has decided to join us on this episode uh, could you introduce yourself sure uh, hi guys thanks so much for having me on I'm excited to talk about the future of food uh, my name is Doni Kirkendall and I'm executive vice president here at the Better Meat Co uh, we're a B2B food technology company and we use fermentation technology to make protein ingredients um, that can be used either to blend with meat or to create fully plant-based meat alternatives and I'm excited to tell you guys all about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the people and especially us are very excited to hear about it. Uh, I especially am very passionate about the topic <laughs> because I, I don't know, the, the whole idea seems genius uh, from a certain standpoint. But before we do anything, we'll break into our ad break. Uh, a few seconds, remember, uh, anything that we gain, it's going to charities, it's not going to ourselves. So keep on listening and we'll see you in two seconds. Thank you for listening to the little ad break, unless you skipped it, in which case we don't thank you. Uh, but yeah, let's go straight into it. Uh, starting off with uh, the vision behind the better meat and kind of the values that represent it. Absolutely. So we at the Better Meat Co, we are here to find solutions that will help us reduce our footprint on the planet and to be able to sustainably feed humanity into the future for generations to come. Um, and we want to do that through what we call our food print. So, you know, projections show that there's going to be, you know, nine to 10 billion people on this planet by 2050, which only means that demand for food is going to go up. So we know right now, at least that per capita meat consumption is going up. It's not going down. Yeah. So we expect that to continue into the future, especially as, you know, nations like Mexico, China, India become increasingly wealthy. And as that wealth increases, they tend to adopt a more meat rich diet. Um, in America alone, we raise a, and slaughter 9 billion animals for food every year, um, which is extremely detrimental to the environment. You know, we know, uh, thanks to the UN, that animal agriculture contributes more greenhouse gas emissions than all of the global transportation sector combined, which is staggering. Yeah. Um, and then in its recent report, actually, from, you know, I think it was last week, um, they, they, the report was called Preventing the Next Pandemic, and they cited meat consumption-related activities as the top three likely contributors of the next pandemic. And having been through what we've been through, we, we understand what that feels like, and it could only, you know, get worse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and actually the number one cause is increasing demand for animal protein. Um, so we here at The Better Company understand that we just don't have much time to rectify that damage that has been done. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're working hard. We work at high speeds and we want to find solutions to these problems that are directly tied to what we're eating, which is meat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as I know of the topic, which is not a lot, but I've done a little research, <laughs> is that one of the main problems is, as always, water. Like actual drinkable water is just not as common as any other kind of water and we're running out especially here in mexico city we're estimated to lose all of our water by 20 years approximated time and yeah and like also cities like tokyo are simply not getting enough water now and most of our water is not actually going to humans it's going to feed 
uh, just livestock. And it's not only detrimental to the environment, but it's also counterproductive to our own survival. So I don't even remember how many gallons of water or how many, how much food there needs to be to feed a full-grown cow to milk it and then slaughter it. Mm. Like all, all of that, all of those resources, time and energy could, could be going to any other kind of food production. But the, the main problem that I find with the, the entirety of, well, let's, let's say going vegan or going vegetarian, is that most people are really accustomed to meat in general. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. I, I think here uh, in the Creekcast, both Massa and me are neither of those. We <laughs> love meat. I personally couldn't live without meat. Like <laughs> Most of my favorite foods are meat. <laughs> so I think the one of the main appeals of the entire well, what you're doing is that there's an alternative mm -hmm. that not only can replace meat by just being healthier. Well, it, it's not healthy, as I recall. It's not as exactly the healthiest option because it's still trying to replicate meat. But right. it's a more ethical and just in general practical an environmentally better suited way to consume things. So I think the main question that I want to ask right now is, do you try to replicate just the, the taste of the meat or the, the entire texture or what's the deal there? Okay, so I have really good news for you. You can survive without meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so please don't think that you can't. Yeah. Um, but here's here's the problem um we are we know that meat consumption we know that people love their meat trust me i was born and raised in mexico my background my my culture is all around meat consumption and so i know i understand how you feel and i understand that you know the majority of people that's that's how they were raised we were raised eating meat but um, what we're trying to do is not convince people to become vegan, to convince people to become vegetarian. What we're trying to do is create more options for people like us. Mm. We're trying to create an option that's not just replicating meat, but actually, you know, people want that meat experience. So we want to replicate the meat experience, but we're actually creating a product that not only tastes like meat, sometimes it tastes even better, but it's also better for you. Mm -hmm. So it in the, and we can talk about I'm happy to talk about our products specifically, um, but we are creating products that are high in protein, that are rich in fiber and potassium and iron, you know, all of the things that you need that is naturally uh, containing B12. Um, it's not only just replicating meat, it's actually better than meat but wow. still gives you that meat-like texture and that meat experience hmm. that is what you crave. So exactly like you just explained. Let me get this straight. So it's equal flavor, same texture and general grilling experience and even healthier. <laughs> That's right. Then, so, okay. Yeah, just yes. because so we're, we we're not doing a promo here. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> get it straight because uh, I'm a little cynical and critical of this kind of stuff because, well, let's be honest, this is like life changing. This is the, the actual future. 
Like mm-hmm. as, as much as you want to go about uh, going climate change, like protesting and doing all those kind of stuff, what better way to go to the root of the problem than changing what we eat? And that's why I, I admire all the vegetarian people and people who are vegetarian because they, they have more willpower than I will ever have because I, I don't see myself becoming none of those anytime soon. So this is changing the root of one of the main problems that we have today in society. So mm-hmm. you can be honest with us right now. We're, we cut this part if you if you don't <laughs> want to answer. But does it really taste like meat or is there a difference or is it unnoticeable? So here's what I'll explain. We make ingredients. So we're not actually, the Better Meat Co. is not making finished products. Okay. Um, so we're not actually making that finished product. Um, I think it's important to explain how um, meat alternatives are made so that I can kind of focus uh, on how we are different from that. Yeah, for sure. So if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, perfect. Um, So most plant-based meats today um, are either uh, based on wheat, soy, or peas. Um, So in order for them to be able to do that, you have to make that more meaty. So the process to turn it into more of a meat-like product is pretty intensive. Not only do you have to grow, let's say, that field of peas, you then have to take that, mill them into a powder, separate out the fiber, take out the fat, concentrate it into a protein, and then it goes through a process called extrusion. Mm. The extrusion process is what helps create that soy or pea or whatever into a more of a meat-like texture with higher protein content. Many companies are using this method. You've possibly you you know um, eaten some of the Beyond and Possible, some of these yeah. awesome awesome products, um, and and they're great. I, I enjoy them myself. I hope people continue to eat them. But the challenge with with those protein isolates is that they still require a lot of resources to make. You know, mm. water, all of that. They also have a very strong taste, and that taste is very hard to mask. And honestly, they're just simply not meaty enough. They don't mm. create that texture that you like to eat when you have, you know, a steak or a yes. burger or something like that. What we are working on is on a, a new way to produce protein. We've been working on this for, you know, over three years. And we take common ingredients like potatoes, high starchy foods. We subject them to a liquid state fermentation. And in less than one day, our microflora, which are fungi, they convert, they eat the starch and convert it into a whole food that, as I mentioned, is higher, you know, it's high in protein, it's rich in fiber, it contains iron, potassium, it naturally contains B12, and it naturally has a meat-like texture thanks to that protein. So because of that high protein content, it actually has those fibers. And so you can take straight out of the fermenter, all we do is kind of squeeze out the water and we basically, we have pictures on our website, love for you guys to check those out, but you can actually pull apart that mycelium product, you know, that that product that comes out of the fermenter and you can see it looks like shredded chicken, basically, Wow. um, because of that beautiful fiber. Now, that product itself is very neutral in color and neutral in flavor which means that we can manipulate it further, you know, with research and development to create a very, very meaty product. So we can always flavor it with natural flavors. We can add a little bit of, you know, oil and fat and fibers Mm -hmm. and other things that then create an end product that, yes, I'm not lying to you, creates a very delicious product that 
products in, in many um, of our taste testings has actually outperformed solely meat products. Um, I'll also give you another example. We, uh, one of our customers, Purdue Farms, who is becoming a leader and has become a leader in the in the um, sustainability effort for meat uh, companies, they sell a product uh, called um, Chicken Plus, and they have frozen chicken nuggets and chicken patties. They use our ingredients, um, and this is more of our classic ingredients that are actually based on pea, but they use those ingredients in a chicken nugget and chicken patty that is actually only 50% meat, only 50% animal meat. And the rest, the other 50% is plant-based protein. And they actually in 2020, um, uh, Food Network actually rated it the number one best tasting chicken nugget on the market. Wow, I mean- That tells you so much right ooh. there. That's okay. Wow, that's a lot of a lot, information. Yeah, At first, like, I mean, wow. I mean, the whole process is something to behold. <laughs> yeah, but, especially for somebody that is a passionate fan of science. I mean, ah, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm the science guy of the of the crew. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> very fascinating. Well, yeah. we'd love to have you over sometime. I'd love to show oh, you I mean, reactors, definitely. and you know, you kind of get to see the process. It's, it's so it's much like fun. magic, but science. Yeah, it's yeah. Science. We'll keep wow. In, in touch then because that actually sounds <laughs> amazing so i mean yeah. wow i mean that, that, those were my, my main questions since i'm like, like i said pretty critical of this because this is the future of humanity yeah. in general it's not even a question it's not like ah, it might work it might not no i mean you, you already said like 50 percent less meat that's half the animal being slaughtered i think yeah. that's a huge step because not only are people the, the main thing with people who still eat meat which is basically the grand majority of the planet is that it's not only it's not that we think that it's okay to eat an animal it's like well some people do so some people <laughs> say that oh yeah natural selection it's uh, survival of the fittest but it's just we we know that animal factories in general and, and most farms are just playing on torture. Yeah. Like nothing short of it. Like yeah. it, it's awful. I remember even in like sixth grade, our uh, geography teacher uh, decided to like educate us on how the world works in general. And he put us a video of a documentary that's called I think from the farm to your fridge or something like that. And it's just very real, raw, not censored images of how this entire economy works. And it's not pretty. And ever since then, I'm, I feel kind of guilty eating meat, but I don't think the guilt overwhelms the sheer just flavory and goodness of meat. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's not only we can you can always go and say uh, how morally superior people who are vegans and uh, <laughs> are but that's not what gets to people you don't get no. to people saying mm -hmm. it's morally correct because yeah. if it tastes good if it's okay if they're eating the meat their entire lives and they have somewhat of a firm belief mm -hmm. and argument to hold that then you're not going anywhere. So tackling directly, not only making it, because there used to be thousands of millions of products that claim to be, oh, it's even better. Organic. Than 
Yeah, yeah and it's just like tofu on bread mm-hmm. and it's like this is this ain't meat. <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally get what you're saying and I agree. I don't think that the problem is that people don't know where their food comes from or mm. that they don't understand the slaughter process or it's not that people don't know how many resources are required for animal agriculture. I think what it is that people don't know is that there is technology out there that can help us improve the way in yeah. which we produce food. And hopefully that new technology will render the old ways of producing food obsolete. Yeah. So, you know, there are many incredible companies out there who are creating brand new technologies or even using, you know, old methods and, and creating their own to to make food in a sustainable manner. And it seems to me, just from my experience in, in talking to meat companies and other big companies, they want to move forward in that direction. So, you know, food technology advancements should be a focus yeah. when addressing global issues. And it's not really, like you said, because people don't know. They do know. They just need the option. Um, I also think that, you know, these companies have such a great opportunity to make a huge change and be leaders in this. Mm. And so um, while I think that it's great that some people are vegan and some people are vegetarian, we can't expect everybody to, to, to change their lifestyle. But what I do know is that I think that we should celebrate when people do try to make an effort. If let's say you participate in Meatless Mondays, or let's say that you do um, only meat on the weeks, on the weekdays, and then you choose a completely plant-based diet on the weekends, Mm. or you have your family over for a fully plant-based meal. You know, whatever it is, celebrate it, encourage it, no matter what. I don't think that, you know, anybody is better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easier nowadays to participate in those types of activities. Um, For example, I find that going to some, I like to go to discount grocery stores. Um, There's one called Grocery Outlet here in Sacramento. They they have tons of meat alternatives and plant-based products that they sell at a discount price. So it's actually, you know, more accessible to Mm -hmm. the general public. Um, yeah. And so people can actually participate in these activities and try to put their part in, in helping to reduce, you know, emissions and helping to save our yeah. planet because we really just don't have that much time. Um, but yeah, the more options we have for people and the more accessible they become, I think that's what's important and that's what's going to help our planet survive. Yeah, I mean, that actually leads into what I kind of want to ask, um, you know, because there's also this side of the debate where you know people question how much of a privilege it is to be able to eat plant-based or be able to go vegan and i mean obviously it isn't necessarily that the people who don't have the resources are the ones uh causing the biggest co2 in the air and all these emissions and all the problems that are uh, happening with climate change but it definitely is a question of how much of a privilege it is to adopt this kind of uh, lifestyle uh, as a person. And I guess as a brand, how much, uh, you know, companies, big companies, how much is it saving them? Is it saving them anything? Because, I mean, we, we've learned a lot uh, through the time of history that greed is very persistent. And, and so, yeah, I mean, just the privilege, like what layers are it? are on on the personal and company based you know i i truly believe that what what makes us privileged is the ability to be on this earth and take its resources that's Mm. that's the privilege that we have um the the options that we have 
to make decisions about what we eat, to make decisions about how we make that food, that also is a privilege that we have. So we in the food industry need to continue to innovate and make food in a sustainable way that people will like, that's affordable, that's accessible, so that it's actually easier and not burdensome or financially detrimental for people to actually make those choices. Um, and the food industry right now has so much power and so much influence on people's behavior. So I do think that there's a responsibility there for them to provide that and, and, and have choices, whether it's blended meat, whether it's fully plant-based products, whether it's just uh, adopting a technology that doesn't require you know, so much land, so many resources. Um, and I think the focus needs to be on helping advance those technologies. You know, there are so many companies already doing that. Um, and, and there's only opportunity to move forward. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's two major factors here. Uh, first off, I think uh, this isn't a maybe it will work. Maybe the industries will go into this direction. There's no maybes in this. Like, mm -hmm. as we already talked, the way that we produce meat is not sustainable at all. <laughs> We're at the end of the runway. There's yeah. no more space, period. Uh, the, the amount of space that they need and water and resources, it's starting to become not profitable. And yeah. I think this is the very first time here we talk in the Creekcast of a actual problem that, that also a... aligns yeah. with economic interests. Mm. And economic interest, it's basically what drives the world. So I think yeah, this is straight up. And it has a blatant solution as well. I mean, the the problem i think is mainly uh how mainstream it'll become and more than anything of a matter of when because you know as you as you said uh time is just like it's it's basically gone at this point we're trying to catch up and you know the faster it becomes something mainstream and it, it becomes something that you see in every supermarket all around the world in every city Uh, that's when it can ultimately kind of establish itself as a real option and alternative for people. Because otherwise, I feel like uh, on a mental level to a lot of people, seeing the whole corridor of meat and then seeing the meat, like the plant-based option, you know, people will direct their attention towards the meat. Yeah, there's already this bias of, yeah. oh, plant-based meat, uh, yuck. It's, but no. And <laughs> I, I think... Uh, one of those stigmas that I'm not entirely sure that it's still 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 around is the price compared usually to normal meat to plant-based meat uh, normal meat usually uh, is the lower one like by quite a lot compared to other plant-based so I don't want to go in and seem like I'm attacking you or what no, stand not for. At all. but I, I wanted to ask Is there a price difference, like, at all? So, I have more good news for you. Um, you know, right now we are at a demonstration scale level. So, we are making some, you know, we're making this product at a cost that is similar to beef. However, our goal is to get cheaper than chicken. Chicken is the most efficiently produced uh, type of meat and it's that's why it's so cheap and we want to get to that point we are not there yet um okay. but as we continue to move forward and we are actually currently in in the process of 
planning out our larger scale facility where we will actually be able to produce millions of pounds with uh, ingredients that we will constantly try to reduce the, the price for. <laughs> um, but yes, we our goal is to actually become, you know, cost comparative with chicken or even cheaper than that. Right now, we are actually cost comparative with beef. Okay, so yeah. thanks for being like straight with us from that. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, we'll get it. It's not, no, it's an, an honest <laughs> answer. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're there in terms of it's basically the exact same or around the price of meat. Yeah. But we still we still have ways to go regarding going as cheap as chicken. Yeah. Is what I'm understanding. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a long, a lot of improvement that we need to make. A lot of technology. A lot of you know scaling up is really what our next mm. challenge is. Is actually scaling up. Like I mentioned, we've built out a demonstration scale facility. We're able to produce, you know, a lot of our product, but obviously with such small amounts, we we can't cost effectively, yeah. you know, produce that much. But um, yes, scaling up is really where the secret lies in becoming more cost efficient. Um, you know, we understand, as you mentioned earlier, our planet isn't getting any bigger. We're not going to find any more land magically. We're not going to create re more resources, but our population is going to continue to grow. So our technical advance, our technological advances are going to have to move very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, I, I want to definitely highlight some other work that other companies are doing, such as, you know, cell based or cultured meat. Those types of technologies are pretty incredible. They're actually growing meat from animal cells. But it is going to take a long time, you know, for them to actually get to scale. Mm. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to address these problems today. You know, how can we try to make a dent today? We will be able to do that by scaling up as quick as we can, which is something we are actively working on. And by working with meat companies who already have that footprint out there, who already have the resources and the research and development and the product development teams to create amazing products, even if they're blended. If that's if that's what we want to do, we think we are totally all for that. Um, as we've proven with the Purdue products, they work really well. People like them. And I think that I find that when I talk to people like my family or friends or just gen the general public about what we do, people are pretty open to the idea of blending or eating, you know, another alternative as long as it's going to, you know, meet those demands for taste and texture and all of that. And, and we are very confident that we can achieve that. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like... Um, I mean, I think both of us are, you know, coming into this, we're fairly skeptical of kind of, you know, the, the way that the, the industry works in that sense. And, uh, you know, sometimes it feels kind of like a white lie that's, that's kind of sheltered by the, just the idea that it's plant-based and that it's a healthier option. Um, but it, I mean, you've convinced me, like, it just sounds like the future, uh, of food is is really you guys and all these other brands who are trying to actively make a change uh, with these sciences that I mean I could never think of definitely <laughs> uh, but yeah they're just pushing closer and closer and I mean yeah I'm kind of mind blown at kind of the level to which uh, the, the organization is at where you know your your prices are matching the one at beef and you're still rel relatively small um, compared to what these big companies are. And that's what allows them to really mass produce 
at, at these cheap prices and and you guys are up there competing um so yeah i mean i just i'm impressed honestly and <laughs> congratulations thank you. thank you and and i want to highlight you know we we it's not like we haven't had our challenges and we do understand that we have to work with, you know, together with these big companies. Mm -hmm. So it's not just us doing everything on our own. You know, we really are relying on these bigger companies, these meat companies to really lead their industry in helping to create sustainable products. And we want to be the providers of those ingredients for them so that they can move forward and do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have our challenges, you know, we, um, everything cost more and took longer than we thought it was going to take. Of you course. know, we realized with the type of fermentation and everything that we do, you know, it requires a lot of capital investment. Um, and, you know, we actually, um, the timing of our build out actually happened right as COVID hit Oof. pretty hard. So we were very negatively affected, but, you know, thankfully we were able to make it through instead of laying off people. We actually hired several people during the pandemic and we just worked really hard and, and continued the build out. And so we have a long ways to go. I know that we're going to face more challenges. Um, but we're dedicated to, you know, providing products and uh, expanding our research so that we yeah. can get these ingredients into people's stomachs. Uh, we are running against time. And yeah. for us, time is of the essence. Um, and, you know, whether it's meat companies that want to work with us or plant-based companies that want to work with us, we're open to it. We would be mm -hmm. so excited and we are open to any opportunities we can um, yeah. to make this happen. Yeah. And I guess as a, you know, to start closing off, um, you know, kind of looking towards the future, what would you say, uh, the company pictures as three main future goals, uh, to which, you know, they're very tangible and can be achieved. Sure. So, uh, number one is we're actually in the final stages of commissioning our demonstration scale facility, but we're already working on our large scale facility. So number one, we want to actually build out that larger scale, uh, scale facility from which we'll be able to produce millions of pounds of what we call RISA a year in a cost effective manner. Uh, number two, we want to create impactful relationships with large companies throughout the world, whether they're meat uh, companies or plant based companies. And we want to help them create delicious, affordable and accessible products mm -hmm. that don't rely on resource intensive methods or, you know, less animal slaughter uh, than they do now. And yeah. number three, we want to expand and build facilities globally. This isn't just something that is a problem here in the United States. It's all around the world. So mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier, the faster we can get these products out, the better. Yeah, I yeah. mean, running against the clock, I, I was going to say it's only a matter of time, but is the one thing <laughs> we don't have. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it, it is impressive. Like, I, I think we're both kind of starstruck at uh, <laughs> just the science and the, the place you're already at. I mean, it, it's kind of like you're building that bridge between uh, you know, the the big bad companies of meat and, you know, the That's green right. uh, plant-based companies, you're, you're kind of trying to close that. And, you know, you're, you're admitting yourself, like you, you wouldn't be there without the help of the big bad companies per se. Um, so it, it shows that there really is a spectrum in that sense as well. Yeah, we, we see them, you know, we see a, a synergy, you know, we, we want everyone to come together. 
we all have a responsibility, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, if a company has a resource that another company doesn't have, why not join together and work together to to fix that and make it easier for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, I think greed is the answer to that. <laughs> but hey, I mean, bridging out uh, this this very important work that humanity needs, not even a question of who yeah. might benefit from it. Everyone's I mean, going to benefit it, from it really it. is the title, the future of food. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to have to raise the question mark because it really just isn't a question by the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, living up with the big three, uh, to you personally or the company or whoever, who was your biggest inspiration, both either personal life or professional life? I uh, definitely personally, my biggest inspiration is my mom. Mm. Um, she is a strong Mexican woman. Uh, who was just, who, who has the most unparalleled work ethic of anyone I have ever met. And she has always throughout my life stressed to me that I should always be passionate about what I do in my work and that I should always through my work find ways to give back. Um, so, you know, I look to her for everything. She's my best friend. I'm so grateful to have her in my life. She is truly my, my greatest inspiration in life. Um, but in relation to what we're discussing today, I would say that my, a great source of inspiration for me are people like you guys, student activists, young people who are highlighting and addressing the problems that we're facing and being honest with themselves. You know, I'm a meat eater, but I understand that there's a problem. So what can I do to make it better? What can I do to contribute to the solution? You know, here at the Better Miko, we want to find ways to sustainably feed our future generations and beyond, you know, and the work that activists such as you guys and other activist groups and, and you know, youth student groups do um, is going to be so essential. And I hope that a lot of you guys go on to become entrepreneurs and start companies like ours, or they join companies like ours or like others that are doing amazing things. Yeah. You know, it's easy right now to feel disillusioned and honestly depressed about the state of <laughs> yeah, the world. So I'm just gonna it. be honest. <laughs> but there is hope and there are incredible people, amazing companies that are doing this work every day and we should support them. We should highlight them. And I'm grateful to you guys that you are taking the time to talk about what we do here at the Better Meat Co. And um, hopefully, you know, you'll get to talk to a lot more people and companies that are doing, you know, yeah. very similar things to try to save our planet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what we've seen, you know, what you just said there is kind of encapsulates what we've experienced throughout most of this season where uh, just very negative thoughts and just depressing <laughs> realities. But yeah, at the same know. time, we're talking with all these people who are actively changing the world and you know it's people we never really heard about people who are uh not highlighted in the news or just constantly uh receiving the the applause you know they're they're just behind the scenes and putting in putting in the groundwork so so yeah i mean congratulations really really applaud that <laughs> thank you so much you know and, and it really doesn't take a special type of knowledge you know many people who are entrepreneurs in this space including myself don't come from the food industry i'm from the i came from the nonprofit industry so yeah. i when i joined this company i knew nothing about food or how it's produced or you know i i really didn't know anything so um don't be afraid to jump in and just learn it and and you know as long as you have that motivation you can do anything that you want yeah 
I mean, and great answers all around. <laughs> I would say with our final question of the day to wrap up this incredible episode is what mark do you want to leave in this world? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, <laughs> I feel so lucky to, to be alive and, and have the, uh, uh, the opportunities that I've had in my life. I feel very, very lucky. Um, so I want to do something impactful that actually justifies my existence. Mm. Um, and I want to ensure, I guess, mainly that future generations can look back on us as, as a team, as a group, um, with pride and, and say, you know, here's what these people did to save our planet and to ensure that future generations can continue to enjoy it. I'm a huge uh, lover of nature. I love the mountains. I love swimming in lakes. I love being outside. And I can't tell you how sad I am to see the Sierra Nevada mountains burning up. I, I can't go there on the weekends anymore, you know, and that's my, that's my safe place. That's my, where I, I decompress and that's what I like to do. And I can't yeah. do that. I don't want that for our future generations. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that I can save that for them. Wow. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I think the, the most common answer here is, I think, it's trying to help other people with your work. I mean, very easily you could have said, I don't care. I mean, as long as I live a happy life, right. I'm fine, which most people would say, it's not, I don't blame them. It's cool to try yeah. just to aim for a happy life, but aiming for a happy life for others, I, that's special. Yeah. yeah. So again, I think great episode all yeah around. a great way to to finish this thank episode. you guys so much thank you we i really really appreciate it it's no, it's yeah. honestly been a pleasure very enlightening talking yeah. to you <laughs> thank you so much for coming on uh thank you dear listener for listening or watching uh we're gonna put links in the description for the better meat co uh so check it all out and yeah uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, as you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, great all around. Very happy to have met you, and we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Likewise, please do, please do. We'd love to have you guys sometime. So, of uh, you said you're in Mexico City. Yes, we are both Mexican. <laughs> oh, okay. Yo también. <laughs> Acabo de estar ahí. Oh, good. Sí. Hey, but our audience is it's mainly oh, English sorry. speaking. Oh, I'm still live. No, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> Great, yeah. awesome. Well, come come visit us anytime. For sure. Thank you very sure. much. We'll, uh, I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> Seems very interesting. So, uh, again, thanks to your listener for keeping up with all these episodes. Means a ton lot. Be wary of beat size coming on to... Friday. And yeah, see you on the next one. Creek you later. Creek you later. <laughs>